Welcome to Coles on the Coast, the podcast where we talk about riding the waves of sustainability, preparedness, and living the small homestead life. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jessica. And today we're going to talk about everyday sustainability. Charlie, what is sustainability? Well, according to Investopedia, sustainability is something another with maintaining a system and keeping the system flowing. Hold on, I'll pull it up. Uh, let's see. It says sustainability refers to the ability to maintain or support a process continuously over time. It says in business and policy context, sustainability seeks to prevent the depletion of natural or physical resources so that they will remain available for the long term. Which is pretty much what I mean by sustainability. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, let's see, in the homestead arena, we're talking about using items or using systems in your home that don't get thrown away. Yeah. Or at least if they get thrown away, it's after they've been used for a long time and there's a lot of wear in them. Yeah. Right? So... I don't know. That's what sustainability is. All right. So we're just going to have a conversation about it today. I guess. All right. So I think we're kind of staying on topic with three main parts of the house, right? Kitchen, bathroom, and laundry. I, that's what I have written up in the notes. I mean, we could we could take it out to the workshop, too. And we will. Um, I'll be sure to type some up for that as we go. But, yeah. That, so... At a homestead, you've got several different areas of, or spheres of activity, right? You've got the, the home, what'd you do? Nothing, I just was thinking about something. Um, you've got the home where, you know, the family activities take care of, where, you know, you use the bathroom, you do everything that you need to do to make sure that you are taken care of. And then you've got the outdoor areas that... You know, you either have livestock or you've got your farm equipment, you know, your your grass, your yard, and all these other things that you've got to take care of. That's the outdoor arena. Mm-hmm. I guess right now we'll focus on sustainability in everyday life. I guess the outdoor arena doesn't exist right now because you're not necessarily going to be using your lawnmower every day. You're not really going to be work, going out to the workshop every single day. Yeah. Right. You may, if that's something that you do often, but the everyday life thing, yeah, kitchen, bathroom, laundry, that's something that you're dealing with every single day. Yeah. So I guess we'll, we'll stay in that realm. I won't try to add anything else with that. Okay. So in the kitchen, um, of course, I'm probably in the kitchen more than you are, but everybody in the house ends up in the kitchen at least three times a day, I would assume. Even if you're not there for three meals, you know, snacks, and you come in the house from working outside, and you're probably going to go into the kitchen, or you come into the house from work, and mm-hmm. you're going to come into the kitchen. So it's a place that every everybody comes and gravitates to after almost every transition, it seems like, at least right now in our home it is. Yeah. So some of the places that we have gone to try to get rid of some of our disposableness... Well because of the traffic. Yeah. If you don't have a sustainable nature in there and you're using disposable items, it creates a large amount of waste. Yeah. Right? Especially with kids because 
kids are bad about going and getting one cup and they'll move it and they'll lose it. I'm bad about getting one cup and then moving and losing it and having to go get another one. And if you use disposable cups, that's one, two, three, four cups, yeah. right? And that's a lot of waste. And it's not sustainable. Not in the homestead aspect because it costs money and money is something that we need to do what we want to do. Right. And it's not sustainable ecologically either because that's a lot of plastic waste that we don't really need to be burdening the earth with. Right, yeah. Right? And so, like you were saying, there there are some places where we've kind of made that transition to be more sustainable. And one of them has to do with glassware. Yes. Right? Because if you're using glass... Well, I mean, I would say plastic, but great example... Plastic um, cups and whatnot, like terraces, they break. Yeah. They don't have the longevity that a glass has. Yeah, and people might say that at least they don't break like glass does, which is true to a point. That's true, but I mean, you could, if you really wanted to get nitpicky about it, you could take and grind the glass down and make sand out of it. Yeah, that's true. Right, and there are people that recycle and do that, but if you're buying high-quality glassware, and... When I say that, I'm really talking about, like, canning jars or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Because that's what we use. Mm-hmm. Mostly to drink out of. That's what we're transitioning to, I should say. So, we, and that's another thing. I don't think we've ever just completely thrown out... No, no, no. ...all like, of one item just to And that's not sustainable change. either, right? No, it's not. That's like, if you watch any of these eco people online, the the ones that are going from... I don't know what it is that they're doing... They've got, they do the eco-friendly reviews, and they're like, yeah, this straw is the best I've ever had. And guess what? You don't have to use all these other ones, but they've still got a ton of plastic straws. Yeah. It's like, they're not just throwing all of those away without using them, because that's just wasteful. Mm-hmm. Right? If you use them, yes, you still have the same amount of waste, but at least there's been some use to them. Yeah. But yeah, that's what we're doing with the cups. As they break, we replace. Right. With something that's less likely to break. Yeah. And we can speak from experience and say that the cups, the the mason jars, do not break nearly as easily Yeah. as others. They have to fall from very high or hit just right in order to be able to, now, to break. I did break one yesterday. <laughs> well, was that was that actually a mason jar or was that one of the, um, like, the mayonnaise jar ones? No, I think it was a ball. I It, it fell from very high, though. It did. Not only did it fall very high, it fell like on the counter on another yeah, piece of glass. Like it, it wasn't even like a, just a tumble. So, and then in the same mindset of glasses, you've got dishes, mm-hmm. right? And we went from having stoneware, really easily breakable stoneware dishes, yeah. to getting Corel dishes. Yeah, and so now. Most of the time, they hit the floor and they bounce. Most of the time, yeah. You get three or four throws and a bounce before they bust. Yeah. So that's much better than instant breakage whenever you drop those big old stonework pans. Yeah. Pans. Dishes. (laughs) We we have seen that they they last much better and they don't chip, which is nice. Yeah, they don't. Because you want to throw out a stoneware plate that's been chipped. I mean, maybe not everybody does, but like... You can't when you want a nice them. looking, yeah, it's hard to put them in a dishwasher if they've been chipped. They'll absorb water through that chipped area, and then when they get a hot, it'll expand and crack the rest of it. Right, and so it's like, 
and plus just aesthetically it's not pleasing so you want to get rid of it but they're still there you know kind of that thing so with Corel, you don't have to worry about that not that we're affiliated with Corel currently but we've enjoyed having our Corel dishes I think I sold all of our um I'll just go ahead and say that we had pampered chef plates when I first when we first got married and I sold the entire set and I believe we were able to pay for all of our Corel yeah, dishes with that's it what we did. I, I think we even had some money left over Maybe not, but we got like a whole set. So that we didn't wait to break them all to change over because we were tired of the kids breaking them and me. We were me. moving too. And we were moving. So we wanted to get rid of the bulkiness of it. And <laughs> I'm, t- oh gosh, it was so much more bulky than what we have now. Imagine having that in the kitchen cabinet now. Oh my goodness, no. I love the fact that, and this is just part of a kitchen management mindset, which I think, you know, it's a process, right? We're talking about the sustainability being a process. Being able to take up less cabinet space, but being able to still grab those plates easily. So I have like the little shelves that have the big plates on the bottom and then the meal plates in the middle, which is kind of like a medium, larger lipped plate, almost like a bowl. And then... There's nothing on the very top. There's nothing on the top of that one. But then there's like another little shelf with the tiny plates and then the bowl stack so that I can get to any of it without having to move anything else. Yep. I think the worst part of my system is because of all the extra canning stuff. Now I have canning stuff moving into where my big giant bowls are. Mm -hmm. So that I need to see if I can't. I don't know. At some point I've got to go back through the kitchen and rearrange. We've got a lot of extra jars. Yeah, right now we have a lot of extra jars because we didn't have as many as much produce from the garden to be able to can if we had all that extra produce. Well, some of it's from buying our mayonnaise, too. Because oh. we save almost every mayonnaise jar that we get. Oh, that's true. So there's a lot of extra jars that we're not using to can with. They're just yeah. there for storage. Right. So we have a lot of extra storage jars that currently need to be... And I think I know some places that I could rearrange, but... And anyway, I guess since you mentioned canning, we'll talk about this next. But um, when you can, so this is part self-sufficiency, part sustainability, right? Um, one thing that you always have to deal with in canning is canning lids. And if you've ever used the ball lids, you realize that they you use them once, the gasket's gone, that's it. There's hacks that you can use, um, the Tatler lid gaskets with Mm -hmm. the ball lids, and they'll work okay. Mm -hmm. But eventually, those ball ones will rust, and you won't be able to use them anymore. So, making a switch to, like, Tatler brand lids, yes, they're plastic, but you can use them numerous times before you have to throw them away. Yeah. Rather than the ball lids, which you only get one use out of. Um, and then pectin too. So if you're making a lot of jellies or jams or whatnot, um, having bulk pectin is always better than having just pectin in the box because you get one use out of that box pectin. Uh And if you've got one on hand, that's okay as long as it turns out. Because if it doesn't turn out like our beauty berry jelly did the other day and you got to recook it, you've got to have another box of pectin. Yeah. So just a bulk set on hand is nice, but that's more self-reliance than it is sustainability. But learning to to cook with natural pectin is an option too. Yeah. If you don't mind 
possibly having to cook it longer later or whatnot. Cook it forever. <laughs> cook it forever. <laughs> but it's true, you can do that. And then you don't have to rely on pectin at all, and you don't even have to add sugar if you don't really want to, do you? Or do you still have to add sugar? You still have to add sugar. You still have to make it where it's preservable. Going back to the glassware real quick, um, one of the reasons we don't like plastic is because if you cook with a lot of animal fats like we do and eat a lot of meat like we do, your plastic is going to be very difficult to clean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to have some very strong dish soap. I would say you have to go with Dawn, probably, in order to get all that grease off and down and out off your plates. And not only that, like especially if you use the microwave, you don't want to microwave plastic. That just ruins your plastic. We don't use the microwave anymore, but that's a different. There's a different reason for that. Oh, another thing in the kitchen is cookware. Charlie, do you want to have some cheap pots and pans in your kitchen? Well, it depends on what you're talking about because we did have some cheap pots and pans. They were relatively inexpensive set and we still use a couple of them we do still have a couple of them Those they lasted us eight years pans, whatever they're called yeah and you know i don't know i think that's just a better value than you would say cheap for them yeah that's what i mean too I mean, so that it's not just like it's not just your normal non-stick cookware because your normal non-stick cookware it is made to be a disposable pan they are made to where every five to 15 years you have to replace them or cook with nonstick getting all in your food it's just a matter of the way they're designed yeah they'll tell you they have a lifetime warranty for some companies but that's a bunch of baloney but yeah i'd rather have you know cast iron or stainless well-built stainless steel yeah that'll last a long time because if i can invest that money now and not have to touch it again later that's always better. There are people that have pots and pans from, like, their great-great-grandparents. Stainless steel cookware. Yeah. I've, I've heard some podcasters talk about how they have, like, a family heirloom piece of stainless steel. I doubt that. I don't stainless know. steel is an early 20th century thing. That's not... I mean... Maybe it's carbon steel. Maybe, maybe it's carbon they're steel. Talking about. Maybe it's carbon steel. It's not cast iron, but it's steel, so it's got to be stainless steel. Maybe that's what it is. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, let me see that 200-year-old stainless steel pan. <laughs> not that old. I said great, great. Great, great. That's 150 years ago. Is it? Yeah. I guess. See, my great-grandmother would have been 110 years old this year. Okay, so then how old was great, great? Oh, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, and then um, using lint-free towels instead of paper towels. Basically using cloth napkins instead of paper towels. And then soaking them in a nice cleaning solution when you're done to yeah. get the grease out. Mm-hmm. No, we haven't bought paper grease, towels regularly in years. Pour your grease cleaning solution bucket outside instead of down your drain. Yes. To sustain your sewage system. Yes. Alright, uh, I guess we'll do laundry next. Alright, so the laundry room. One of the other... Well, no, we'll do bathroom. Because bathroom is something that we everybody goes to multiple times a day. Morning, noon, and night. 
Um, so let let's see. So one big thing, and especially like during COVID. So if you remember, February March of twenty twenty, we had this giant run on toilet paper. Cause everybody was afraid that they wouldn't have enough toilet paper to use the toilet with. <laughs> and one of the funny things is is that we had already bought at that time <laughs> we had a diaper was it the the diaper buddy or whatever it is the spray pal or whatever the thing's called oh like the bidet type thing the, the shield thing yeah so we have this diaper cleaning shield that you can clip the diaper to and then you spray it and they send you a sprayer that goes with it mm-hmm. but it's basically a a manual bidet right well you can use it for that they have basically the same exact thing at lowe's marketed as a bidet it it looks like a kitchen sprayer is what it looks like yeah like the old-fashioned ones that was separate from the the actual faucet high powered (laughs) but see that's another thing though is that using a bidet rather than toilet paper is more sustainable because now you're Mm -hmm. not having to buy something yeah, or at least right. as much, even if you're going to, like, pet dry. Well, yeah, you could do that, too. It's not nearly as much. You get your lint-free towel and use that. You can. You can do with. what's called family cloth. Ugh. <laughs> no, the way you said that sounds like it's used to I know, multiple I know. of the family. No, I think, it's, I think that idea is similar to the way that you use cloth wipes. So, like, cloth wipes... There's, there's two methods to do it. You can have, like, your bucket or your tub container that has the solution, which typically has some type of, um, what is it, grape oil that helps be antimicrobial? I can't remember. There's, a, like, an essential oil, oil yeah, that you can use in there to help keep bacteria from and mold growing so much. Or you can keep the dry cloths and then have a spray that you spray right as you're going to use them. And I think that's the idea with those kind of cloths, you would have that and then you would launder it much like the cloth diapers. So you would either do a quick rinse and then wash, just like I do the cloth diapers, or you would do the two or three cycle run for cloth diapers like I do. Another thing is razors, Charlie. So tell us about razors. Oh, gosh, my notes are down. Hold on. (laughs) Sorry, we had an interruption and we had to take care of all right, um, so if you're using those fancy razors that have, like, multiple blades and whatnot, uh, you know they're expensive. Mm-hmm, especially then, if you're buying the pink tax ones. And then most people don't buy razor blades. They just buy extra handles, mm-hmm. right? So you're just wasting a lot. There's just a lot that's going through that. But you can buy, you can go to the antique store and buy a double edge razor like mm-hmm. the old Gillette's or you can get a single edge old Schick injector razor because they still make the blades for both those or what you could do if you want to be fancy is buy a safety razor that's been updated for the modern folk mm-hmm. so like there's leaf shave and they've got a multi-blade that uses double edge razor blades mm-hmm. so you, you spend $75 on a razor and then you can use these blades that cost you $10 for a hundred pack. Mm-hmm. Right. And then after a couple of years of using those, you've made back all the money you would have spent, you know, 
Yeah. And then there's Henson, which also uses the double-edged razors or razor blades. It's like a traditional, but it's made with such meticulous craftsmanship that you almost don't feel it. Like, it doesn't catch your skin and cut you like the old ones would. And then there's Supply Company. And, um... Supply is pretty interesting because they're a sh- they're like an injector razor. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a... If you remember the old Bic disposables with the single edge, it has that same kind of form factors as that. Um, but they've got one that's got fins that kind of keep you from getting cut. I mean, some people, you still get cut, especially if you have, like, little moles and stuff. They'll slide between the fins, and you can nick yourself. And they also have the pro version, which has adjustability. they got a little dial, and you can change what the the gap is between the blade and the bar. And the bar is the thing that runs across your face and stretches your skin. So if you've got, like, a real thick beard, you can increase that gap to allow you to cut more hair. And then, let's see, there's one more. Oh, the one blade. The one blade, it's it's tuned to have a nice pivoting head, and the razor blade floats on the inside of it. So if you've got, like, like guys on the neck, when it's kind of, like, a turkey neck, it's not flat, it's got all these bumps, mm-hmm. that razor blade can actually kind of move out of the way and not nick those bumps. I've kind of designed it that way. and uh, But with any of those brands, there's a razor that's lower end that costs less than higher end that costs more. Right. So, I mean, that's always something to look into. I mean, you could go to a straight razor, but, I mean, I tried that, and that didn't work out too great. <laughs> yeah, there's straight razors, too. You know, it's not sustainability for the sake of convenience, either. Right. Right. It's how how can we be sustainable while also maintaining a lifestyle that doesn't just completely collide with everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. You go to using a straight razor, you know, to shave your face will take you 35 minutes, you know, rather, which is a whole lot different than you waking up and spending 10 minutes shaving your face with your right. Mach 3 or whatever. Which if... if- if that's part of, like, your self-care routine and that's well, how you want to do it, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there isn't. There isn't. And there's but a whole group of people that do that. Yeah. But if you're, let's say you got to get up and feed the chickens and you want to be nice that morning, you know, like... You, Before you, you wanna, go to work or something. You want to feel better, right? And you got to get out of the house. You don't have the time to spend. Well, you can upgrade your routine mm-hmm. to be more sustainable, but still have you know that small amount of time yeah and with sustainability you know it usually is touted by being more environmentally friendly and i think that does that is a part of it for sure but like we've said we mostly try to make our processes more sustainable but there is a part of eco-friendliness to it too and that's kind of how we got started on a lot of this it was actually us trying to be more earth-friendly that we started implementing a lot of these sustainability processes and items to our home. Um, well, I mean, and that that really goes into 
you really got to take that into consideration if you're going to be like off the grid, right? Mm-hmm. Because the more trash you have, the more you have to pay in order to dispose of it. Right. And if you're way far away, you know, you've got to main, you've got to hold on to that until you get somewhere that you can mm-hmm. dispose of it. Yeah. So the more sustainable you can be in that regard, the better off you are in like the self-reliance aspect of it. Right. Yeah. I think they definitely build upon each other. I don't know that you can ever be all of one without being part of the other either. I think in um, be trying to be more sustainable within your processes and earth-friendly, then you're also going to be making yourself a little bit more self-sustainable as well. All right, Jessica, tell us about the next two. Our cloth diapers or our laundry? No, the, the last two in bathroom. Oh, okay. So if you're a lady, okay, we have something that happens every month, hopefully. And uh, we have to have certain feminine hygiene products. And you can actually go more sustainable within those practices. Um, Our reusable cups have become much more popular. There are discs that you can use. Those sound very scary to people who've never tried it and want to be able to just not even deal with it. But remember, anything that you put inside of your body... There's a risk there with anything that you put in your body. So as long as you are being hygienic with the things and using the recommendations for the cups or the discs, I have not had any issues. Uh, I have tried a cup. I've never tried one of the discs, but I think it works well for some people in their body shape. And I think it's always a good thing to be able to know more about your anatomy and what would work for you. Also, there are cloth pads and cloth underwear. I have started investing in some of those things this past month and I hope to every month get one more pair just to be able to use alongside my cup because sometimes you need more than that. And I think we could probably go into greater detail on just more of a feminine feminine hygiene type episode if you're interested in that. Definitely let us know in the comments or on our social media pages. We've talked a little bit about cloth diapers but I just want to re iterate that cloth diapers you get so much more time and use out of those than you would a disposable some people get sticker shock at the price up front to do them but you don't have to go super expensive typically the plain covers are cheaper than like the pocket diapers and do a little bit of research i don't recommend microfiber being your first choice they are cheaper to buy but they do not last as long i would definitely go with a better made cotton pre-fold or even a flat you can buy potato cloth you can buy the flower flower sacks sacks (laughs) from walmart in the kitchen section as your diapers if you want to i have heard they work very well for that so and then whenever you're done with those cloth diapers you can use them as rags and absorbent things i use cloth diapers all the time when out i'm out at the park to dry slides or whatnot Alright, so laundry is the last thing we've got. Yes. In the laundry room, you can, instead of using dryer sheets, you can use wool dryer balls. And I don't know how much better that works. I think the idea behind the dryer balls is that you're adding... I don't, I don't know how it You're works as a dryer sheet. surface area. It's sur- yeah, the it's more the surface, surface area. area you have, the quicker it is to dry. And I think that it kind of bounces around in there yeah. too. 
so you're not like just wadding things up inside each other. Although I will tell you, they will still wad up inside your sheets. Yeah. But having that dry item will actually help your wet things dry faster. That's actually a trick with the cloth diapers. You can throw like a dry towel in there with them. Or if you have enough dryer balls, you can do that. And it will actually dry your clothes faster. Not you, And that way you don't have to use as much electricity having to do it. Of course, you can also just start doing a clothesline too. But that is an option for your dryer. Using concentrated bulk cleaners is another thing. Um, you can make your own laundry detergent from very simple ingredients. And it's much... I'm just going to go ahead and say it's much healthier for you than the others. You just need to do a little research about your water to make sure that those homemade detergents are going to clean well enough for you in with your water. Um, vinegar, just plain white vinegar. It's cheap and it makes a really good all-purpose cleaner. You can add lemon juice to it or whatnot. Um, just the rinds from the lemon you can use with your vinegar in order to be able to just wipe down surfaces throughout the day. But you can also use plain white vinegar as a fabric softener in your washing machine. And um, it works really, really well to help just get that extra stink out of your clothes and yeah. just to kind of make it a little bit more soft. And I'll go ahead and say too, you need to learn mending skills. I think that's very helpful to be more sustainable. That way you're not having to go out and just purchase another item of clothing. You can mend the rip in your jeans or whatever the issue might be. I Now I'm going to have to learn how to darn some... It's part cotton, part polyester. I think it's like 80 cotton, 20 poly blend. And I have these little tiny holes. And I think I probably can mend it if I know the right stitch. So that's one of my to-do list items in the next couple weeks. And that way I don't have to get rid of them and buy all new nursing outfits that are $80 a piece. Yep. Have any more thoughts on the laundry items? No. Uh, I mean, there's probably more that you could do sustainably in the laundry room. It's just that I didn't have enough to think. Yeah. Like, I mean, buying appropriate if you buy better clothing out of better fabrics that yeah. are made better, that's also going to last you better. I've been looking more into footwear, and the kind of footwear you wear sometimes will wear better than others, right? So yeah. just the cheap ones from Walmart probably aren't going to last you nearly as well as um, a better wool-made shoe from somewhere else. Unless you live somewhere there's a lot of rain, then you might have problems with that kind of shoe. Yeah. So, like work boots and whatnot. Buying cheap work boots. Right. They wear out quick, whereas you buy a $400 pair of work boots. They don't wear out nearly as quickly. And when they do wear out, you can actually have them repaired because the quality's mm -hmm. there for there to be repairability. Right. And you can, you can take that into so many aspects of your life. I think just starting with some of these that we talked about, I think we kind of gave some of the, the starter places, right? Things that hit more people in more areas. Yeah. But when you're looking at buying anything, you know, whether it be something you wear, something you use, something you cook with, anything, think about what item am I needing and why do I need it? Is there an item that will last me longer? 
and is that value there for that item to be able to be around longer versus a cheaper item that's only going to last me, you know, however long. Yeah. yeah. And and don't don't fall into the traps of buying the pyramid scheme things like these what are they called the the re the person sells you direct sales stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of that it works great for a couple of years and then it's just not as good anymore. Even if they do get one really good item, it's it's a lot it's really expensive. Usually you can track down who comes up with it from another company a lot cheaper too. Yeah. We know very much about that. <laughs> you look up the Pampered Chef ice cream scoop. They don't sell the be- the better one anymore. We found where you can buy them. Alright, well, is that it? Any last comments? I don't think so. Well, I finished typing this in here. Apparently it didn't save like I wanted it to. Alright, there we go. I've got it here, I think. Yeah, I don't know why it didn't take, but oh well. Alright, well, if you like what we do and you want to support us, you can visit us at colesonthecoast.com. Um... We've got a Buy Me a Coffee widget on that page. You can click it and donate the cost of one coffee, two, three, or four, or however many coffees you want to donate. You can even click the link at the bottom of that widget and go to our profile on Buy Me a Coffee and support us. Go to our wish list and then support our wish list items that we have going on. Um, You can also call Charlie Small Engines. Um, we're a mobile small engine service repair. I'll come to you or you can come to me. It doesn't matter to me. Just, you know, I charge a fee to come to you. And then Jessica has violin and piano lessons. She's almost completely full for the year. Mm-hmm. She's got one or two slots left, maybe. Yep. So if you want violin or piano lessons, You can call her, and other than that, y'all have a great day.